crap! What? It's time for another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today we have three very, um, I guess I'm not going to say dead guests. Although maybe. We'll, we'll see when they're present or not. Doug Gobeski? I am definitely not dead. Correct. All right. Paul Wilcox? I'm here, but I might be Bruce Willis in it. I, I don't really know. <laughs> well, I can hear you. So maybe we both are. <laughs> and then there's Tony Huff. Give me a Tony Huff. Well, I thought I was supposed to be dead, uh, but it's a pleasure to be here. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm glad that no one appears to be dead. <laughs> it was touch and go for a second. <laughs> but yeah, as you may or may not be able to tell from our uh, intro there. Uh, we're talking about the 52nd installment of the Merry Marvel Movie March. It's the February 2016 movie, Deadpool. Deadpool is the story of one Dennis Dirty Harry. Uh, he's a cop. He doesn't like to play by the rules. And uh, in this installment, he discovers that there's a serial killer out there killing celebrities. And uh, that they are being killed because someone has bet on when they will die. As a sort of gambling pool of death, if you will. And so it's up to Dennis Harry to stop the serial killer. Yeah, and Jim Carrey's in it. <laughs> Who is Jim Carrey supposed to be? I must have completely missed that. He's like the first one that dies. He's the rock star. Because I Liam Neeson's in it, too. Oh, I, so I know which movie you're talking about, but I had no idea those two were in it. Is that the movie with the remote-controlled cars that explode? Yeah, that's that's the Deadpool. Okay, it's 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 seeming vaguely familiar. This what? movie that I ostensibly just watched. So that's the Deadpool, right? The yep, Dirty Harry one. Okay, yeah, not the that, the is that Harry is that Dennis not what we one. Were supposed to watch. <laughs> I was told to watch Deadpool, so I I was typed into Google. All right, let's watch Deadpool. That's, <laughs> that's how I how I uh, prepare for all of our recordings. You, you typed in, let's watch Deadpool, and you went down like 50 results and found this one? Yeah. I scroll until it appears. Right, yeah. And then I write XXX, and I get a very different... Real talk, though. I'm six pages into Google results and still haven't hit the Dirty Harry movie. <laughs> right, let's watch Deadpool. With- with the space well it was before google's time so that's, that's fair doug you want to give the real synopsis since okay. allegedly i haven't do you want the real real synopsis or a joke real synopsis the real real synopsis i want that one the real real synopsis okay let's get real guys deadpool is the story of a canadian who is disfigured in a scientific experiment and is going on a quest to uh, get his old face back and then get his girl back. <laughs> Along yeah, the way, he, the he meets a lot of people and kills dozens of them. This is a lot more like face-off than uh, <laughs> I imagined. Now that's a movie. <laughs> so the question is always, had you seen it before, Tony? Had you seen this movie before? No, uh, I had not seen this movie before. I think I had watched uh, like some clips and stuff on YouTube because I definitely remember some of the scenes. Uh, this was kind of hyped up by my mom, uh, Ms. Huff. Um, this is one of her favorite movies. So when I shared with her 
that we were going to be watching this, she got very excited and said that I would really enjoy it. Oh, wow. So is this like her new October Sky? Um, I'm not sure if it's October. It's uh, more her new Minority Report, I think. Okay, but it's still the sort of movie she'd show in, in class to her students. Um, well, I have to defer to uh, Paul on what Ms. Huff showed in class. <laughs> uh, so we never watched the Deadpool. <laughs> and uh, I, I haven't been in her class any more recently than, than uh, the release of Deadpool. So I really can't say. But we did watch Minority Report and talk about it a lot. I don't think she talked about it as much as you say she did, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I, I I guess you could say that without being there. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that the way it is now? It's just, I feel that you're incorrect. <laughs> you just, Therefore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Could you imagine watching Deadpool, though, like in school? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Oh my yeah, god! I've signed, signed. I watched uh, Equilibrium, and a guy's face gets cut off in that. Spoiler alert! We had to. We had to. Spoiler for Equilibrium. That's funny. We had to sign. Like our parents had to sign something for like we when we watched the birds because they were too much. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so that's how they do things over over there. Yeah. Over at Hazlitt, yeah. <laughs> I just remember we had a, uh, at one point, watched a movie about the English restoration called Restoration. There's a sex scene in it, and so the teacher had just made a giant, like, censored cardboard cutout that he just held over the TV while that scene happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember one of, my, uh, one of my other English teachers, not, not Miss Huff, Doing that for the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Um, was that the Franco Zeffirelli? We Except just she saw pulled it away a little bit too early by accident, so we still saw the boobs. It was awesome. They uh, just showed us that. <laughs> it's less awesome when you remember that she's like the actress is like fifteen at that point. Oh well, I was, I guess. So I guess I won't look back on it. The character is the actress is was an adult. I don't think that's true. I think that was actually. I'm looking at the assertion. I have a question. You'll find it 15 pages into the Google results. Yeah, there you go. Okay, she was 17. And I was a freshman in my defense at the time. She was 17 going on 18. It was fine. She was 15. She was chosen. Clearly, you're all going to end up in prison for having seen that film. Paul, had you seen this movie before? Deadpool, the 2016 movie? (laughs) Or Uh, the Deadpool? I had. Yes, I had seen it once before in the theater. Um, I can't I can't about <laughs> anything other than the that you guys think I'm a I'm a sex predator now. <laughs> For having watched Romeo and Juliet at 15 years old. That's why you should have watched the the movie with Leonardo instead. We did we that, that as well, and we compared and contrasted them. Oh, I decided I liked the. Yes, Tony. Way more than the Baz Luhrmann. T- Tony, you have your hand up? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah? And? Question. When they were censoring it in your uh, your high school classes uh, with the cardboard, did they mute it as well, or did you just hear 
moans and groans. Uh, I believe he fast forwarded through it, but had oh. the sensor up so that we couldn't see, you know, even sped up boob. Yeah, the old fast forward. Ah, forgot yeah, about the that. VHS. Yeah. And then it's tracking. Yeah. That movie is kind of like oh. Deadpool because they're both romances that involve sword murders. He's not wrong. <laughs> Does that mean I have to keep the other stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, no, not necessarily. Gotta keep all the all the incriminating. All the sex predator. <laughs> this all is right. all on the record. <laughs> anyway, Doug, have you seen the movie before? Yes, multiple times. I actually saw this one twice in theaters. First with you and uh, uh, Brienne as well. Right. Yep, when you came right. to visit, we drove all the way to Idaho just to watch Deadpool. Yep. And in exchange, I got a horrifying lower intestinal disease that made the drive back very excruciating. You're welcome. And then Don't drink uh, the water in Idaho. I guess that's that was my takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I offered filtered water. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, I went to see it with my friends, Sierra and Vanessa. And plus, I've seen it on uh, Blu-ray several times. Uh, I watched it with Doug in Idaho, as we just established. And yeah, I watched Blu-ray a couple times as well. So yes, I'd seen it before. I'd seen it before, too. I saw it in the theaters with Kara. I remember enjoying it. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, it has Ryan Reynolds in it. (laughs) And uh, I remember enjoying it. Uh, Although before this watch, I had trouble de-evolving it with Deadpool 2. I couldn't remember which was in which. Sorry, deconvolving. Did, did you just say deconvolving? I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, what? I you did. You should be sorry, nerd. <laughs> is that a word? It is, yes. Deconvolving. <laughs> deconvolving. Decon the villain. But since I had also seen Deadpool 2 in the theaters with her, I couldn't remember what parts were from which movie. But I enjoyed oh, the book, wow. so. Charlie. All right, Charlie. Yes. I need you to apologize. I already did. Doug made me apologize. Well, I, need you to do it I need you to do it again. I'm so deeply, deeply sorry. <laughs> no, I need you to do it sincerely uh, for using this word, this filthy, filthy word. What word are you looking at? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what? Deconvolution. Okay. Well, filthy. yeah, I'm sorry that I'll have to. I'll have to scrub that word from the podcast. That's my penance. You should I have to bleep it. We're not going to have Adam describe what it means. So that the the listeners can become uh, more learned about nerd topics. Look, I'll, it's the inverse of convolution, and I'll let your mind wander from there. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit of the production history of Deadpool. Obviously, we'd seen Ryan Reynolds in X-Men Origins Wolverine, or x Wow, as you may recall. And uh, that movie did well enough that they were like, hey, let's make a Deadpool movie. Progress started, kind of went forward on that for a bit. And then in uh, 2011, the finest achievement of Mankind was released to theaters, but because Mankind was not yet ready for the majesty of Green Lantern, it tanked and uh, dirtied this project by association. I guess the suits decided that Ryan Reynolds superhero movies wouldn't bring in people. So they kind of uh, hit the brakes on development for a while and seemed like it was probably dead. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> I was waiting for that, by the way. Just, I know, just you couldn't know. help yourself, could you? You heard me resist for a bit. <laughs> and then what happened was they had shot some test footage, which was basically um, a version of the the opening 12 bullets scene where he drops into the SUV and stuff. Uh, they'd shot a version of that, showed it to the suits, and the suits apparently weren't particularly excited by it. At which point, someone leaked the footage online. I'm not sure they ever worked out officially who it was that leaked it, but the response on like the internet was so overwhelmingly positive that Fox actually went, oh, hey, it turns out there is an audience for this. Maybe we should make this movie. And uh, so Oh, was did. that the intro scene? Yeah, uh, I watched the test footage. It's a little different, but broadly, it's that. Yeah, not I think the, I remember seeing that back then. Yeah, not the credit scene, the actual fight scene. Yeah, he, like the yeah. scene on the highway. Yeah, parts so, of it. So not the yeah. not the taxi. No, not the taxi. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they made the movie. Uh, they decided to make it rated R. I'm actually not a hundred percent certain why they decided to do that. <laughs> Maybe they read the comics. Well, but that's what the thing, right? Is like, yeah, okay, some of the comics are more adult, but a lot of the comics are pretty PG-13. So I'm not sure why automatically. Like, there's, it always feels like there's this feeling of like, oh, Deadpool, that's a rated R property. But it's not really clear to me why exactly that is. But anyway, that's, um, I'm going to go with made, uh, Guns, Girls, and... Gratuitous violence? Maybe they just thought that was how they could compete with the more fam. You know, it gives them an angle. They're like, well, we don't have the rest of the X-Men, but people's heads will get chopped off and we can make lots of masturbation jokes. That's fair. It could be something like that. Yeah. Well, they did a good job of it. It did end up being the highest grossing R-rated film of all time at that point. Well, uh, I thought glo- global, global returns. Yeah, I was going to say Passion of the Christ. I thought they didn't pass that because there's a joke in Deadpool 2 about that. Look, look, man, the U.S. box office doesn't even exist anymore. So global <laughs> box office is what you're going to get. That's <laughs> well, what existed at the time. Irrelevant. Much like at the time I was 15. <laughs> <laughs> We're back on this. <laughs> Did we talk about Deadpool, the character? Back when X Marl, when we did that. Why do you keep pronouncing it weird? Because it upset you when we recorded <laughs> some podcast. <laughs> like, about why it. is it not X Marl? Because <laughs> I'm upsetting you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are upsetting me. <laughs> X Marl. Let's just call it Wolf Marine, like it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's got Inception sound voice. X I guess just the two things I wanted to point out are that yeah, Deadpool's created in uh, early nineties. He basically is the character of Deathstroke from um, the DC Teen Titans. So Rob Liefeld's the uh, artist, and he was working with Fabian Nicieza on New Mutants. And Nicieza pointed out that uh, this is Deathstroke, <laughs> and so Deathstroke's real name is Slade Wilson. So Nicieza decided to just basically lampshade it by calling Deadpool Wade Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I want to point out is that there's no real clear reason why he's called 
Deadpool, other than Rob Liefeld must have liked the name. One thing to point out is that he's not the only Rob Liefeld character to be named after an 80s movie. He also has a, is it a character or a team called Youngblood? So maybe he just likes naming his characters after <laughs> movies. So yes, backstory complete. Talk about the actual movie now. Not the character? Uh, yeah, it is worth pointing out that uh, this version of Deadpool is way closer to the comics than the one we got in x Mao, even though they're both Ryan Reynolds. So first of all, just like the look, right? I mean, he looks like he does in the comics with the red suit and the swords. Well, I guess he had swords the other one, but they're not taped his hands in this one <laughs> or whatever the hell's going on in x Mao. <laughs> They do a really good job of translating the spirit of the comic of Deadpool, I, in my opinion, to the screen with this version. It just feels like Deadpool. I don't know if Most, Doug can talk a little bit more about that because he's read, I think, more of the comics than any of us. Mostly. Uh, th- this movie version of Deadpool is a lot nicer of a guy than the comic book version. Like He seems to have a, a dysfunctional but ultimately good relationship with blind L whereas in the comics he was uh kind of imprisoning her at one point not not really not really friendly stuff not not the not what you want in a roommate you know and like the fourth wall breaking stuff like that's in the comic too right yeah that is yeah but i mean much like the comics we do have the the fun sense of humor with peppered with pop culture references so yeah, in that regard, yes, it definitely does align more closely. <laughs> kind of be hard not to align more closely with the spirit of the comics than the uh, X meow version of Deadpool did. Well, yeah, you kept saying X meow. You kept you kept sounding That's really fine. weird. So <laughs> figured go all the way. What did uh, what did other people think about this version of Deadpool versus the X meow? Even acknowledging that you haven't seen. Or you haven't read the comics necessarily. I mean, it's less like body horror seeming, or at least that part's played for a little bit more humor here than it was in the other one. I mean, I think I read that the comic at one point describes Deadpool as a cross between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpay. And they (laughs) kind of get that across here. Maybe not as much as they could have, but needs more skin, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's always asking for more skin. <laughs> but never I was 15. <laughs> I was going to say ever since you were 15. <laughs> when he's watching movies, when he's eating fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the skin I do like on that fried skin. chicken. Yeah. Mm. When he's eating soup. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking milk. Oops, all skin. <laughs> those pudding packs oh yeah (laughs) just open them up and leave them (laughs) anyway yeah velveeta's the best though right oh yeah that's like oh that's like pre-skin that's pre-skin yeah (laughs) it's just turning back into its true form when (laughs) when it gets a skin all right back to the movie i want some velveeta now no yeah. more Velveeta. Just gonna make oh, some. Oh, Super Bowl's coming up. Got to get yeah. some queso. Got to get some Velveeta for the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. Got to make that queso. You know, a lot of good references thrown uh, bone to the to the boomers watching. 
<laughs> or the millennials. <laughs> Not Gen X. Yeah, it's what like, about oh, Gen X? <laughs> what? I forgot about Gen X. <laughs> what do you think was listening to Wham? Okay, okay. Everyone right. forgets about Gen X. <laughs> yeah, every, everyone does. That's kind of true. Yeah, it, it really is. But yeah, there were a lot of a lot of good references where I'm like, hey, those kids won't get that. <laughs> I'm so much better than those. Think kids. you know who Ronnie Millsap is? <laughs> that one gave me a chuckle. I like not me because uh, I don't know who that is. It's my parents listen to Ronnie Millsap, hence the boomer uh, reference. I like the uh, Alien Three joke. Oh, when, when he uh, sees Negasonic teenage warhead, and she has a shaved head like. Sigourney Weaver and Alien 3. Oh, yeah. But I also like yeah. how she's like, you're so old, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Making all those Sinead O'Connor jokes as well. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a reference to X Mao in here. Or oh, several, actually. But he does have a little action figure. <laughs> it does. They did discuss sewing his mouth shut. That too, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think actually in my mind I was like, wait, that happens in this movie? And then eventually I was like, oh, they don't they don't do that. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah. You know the thing that everyone hated about Deadpool and uh X Mile? <laughs> I I think it was uh bold to cast a Hollywood pretty boy and then make him look like the uh uh how do I say the south end of a northbound horse? Not not so good. Not not so good. But we do get Ryan Reynolds for a while, at least. Maybe like well, mostly yeah, he has a minutes. mask on. Yeah, I hated it. Don't want that pretty boy around. <laughs> also, yeah. it it occurred to me they could have made him uglier. Like he still looked a lot like Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a you know a light Phantom of the Opera thing going on. Yeah. And you still get Just... to see some good shots of him when he's normal. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was, uh, you know, Miles Two Face or Miles Teller. <laughs> <laughs> we got to link it in the blog again. <laughs> Every time. Woo! Woo! Uh, looks like somebody downloaded uh, the burn victim skin for the Deadpool character, and then just you know, it's it's just different textures, but the geometry is all the same. <laughs> yeah. You get you get that all important Ryan Reynolds geometry. Yeah, I guess I want him. To... <laughs> yeah, it especially with how confident of a character he is. I did think it was kind of weird that he wasn't willing to talk to his girlfriend again after that. Well, because he's an idiot. I mean, yeah, as we establish, and he was feeling very self conscious. What with all of the people talking about how hideous he was. Yeah, it's just like that scene where like everyone's reacting to him on the street, and you're just like, I mean, uh, I guess he doesn't look great, but it's not like the Elephant Man. Yeah, and it's like, when have we established that this character would care about that? Yeah, it does seem like a little odd for his character to be that hung, to be hung up on it for that many years. I mean, I guess it's not they're not necessarily saying that. It's like a year. His yeah. appearance is the only reason. Yeah, he does say later that. He doesn't like who he's become, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. it's like he missed that first opportunity, and that you know, it's like it's like when you gotta call someone back, and it's and you accidentally let it go a week, and you're like, well, now it's gonna be weird. And then before you know it, it's five years later, and you don't 
know that person anymore. <laughs> That'd be really weird to call no, them back was, at that, that point. That was real. That was very real, Paul. <laughs> you know how you called five years ago to go watch a movie? Well, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone those eight times. <laughs> it was only because I was too afraid after the first two. <laughs> Uh, I think it does help that Ryan Reynolds has a good comic timing sense, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. I think that helps sell the character. I mean, we've we've proven that he can just succeed even without his beautiful face. I mean, we all saw Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I, I assume, we did, right? No, and we all actually. loved it as much as I did. No, I did not. I saw it twice <laughs> in theaters. Nice. Wait, for real? For real? But it's it is hard for me, especially now having watched this, to imagine somebody else doing this character. I mean, he Gilbert was Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. What I really liked about Deadpool watching it again this time was it does a good job of just spreading out the action and just doing things in flashbacks in a way that doesn't get boring. So instead of throwing all of the exposition at you at the beginning of the movie, it just meets it out in between action sequences because it's another origin story right and part of me actually was kind of surprised at how straight like they play the origin part like yeah i guess he's cracking jokes and stuff but it seems pretty by the numbers almost all right well how about the the x-men who show up in this movie we get exactly two of them (laughs) we get colossus and negasonic teenage warhead that is correct is there a comic book basis for those two specifically or was it just that's what they decided to go with either way it's pretty amusing so they went with colossus because they felt colossus was like very like noble and upright and goody two shoes almost so sort of like the opposite of deadpool so like a foil plus he's made out of metal much like foil is <laughs> oh <laughs> I'll laugh at his. <laughs> hey. Come on, we gotta get the momentum going it only encourages him. <laughs> Um Negasonic Teenage Warhead was chosen because supposedly they went down a whole list of characters and Fox or whoever basically said no to pretty much all of them because they thought they would want to use them in other movies and didn't want to use them in Deadpool. So they finally landed on Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who's a character from New X-Men. Her powers are like telekinesis or telepathy or something like that. And Fox struck a deal with Marvel that they could change her powers to those resembling the character of Cannonball. And in exchange, Marvel could use the character of Ego the Living Planet, which is a Fantastic Four character and thus at that point was under the purview of fox they could use that character in guardians of the galaxy 2 coming up Hmm. and so that is and so they chose negasonic teenage warhead basically because they thought the name was cool but then they changed her powers some real real uh, backdoor superhero dealings right there i really liked with those two characters how they just kind of leaned into the some of the fourth wall breaking there where it's like well yep these are the only two X-Men we have in the movie. <laughs> We're going to go to the X-Mansion, and no one else is going to be there. And Colossus is going to be off screen. 
<laughs> I absolutely adored the joke about uh, which professor, McAvoy or Stewart. These right. timelines are so confusing. Uh, I think it's McAvoy. Because I think in the Stewart universe, he has his mouth sewed shut. No, that's true. Wait, 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 wait. Are you, how's that work? It's the same Wolverine in all the Wolverine films, isn't it? Uh, I think it's arguable as to whether Logan is the same Wolverine as the others, but we'll get to that. The point is that if this is the universe where the days of future past changed everything, and so Deadpool never got his mouth sewed shut, or killed by a striker, or whatever was happening in that movie. So jokes, yeah. we were talking about jokes. I thought mostly they were they were funny. There was some stuff that was kind of cringy. Yeah, I, I don't, and I don't use that word lightly. It doesn't, you know. I'm not like a real. I'm not that easy to cringe. Wait, so what were you cringing at? There was a trans joke. That yeah, like when he really when mad. he said, "I call Wang." Yeah, just the the lady from the Mandalorian. Angel Dust is the character's name. Yeah, yeah, nothing crazy, but just kind of like, you know, they weren't all they weren't all like hits you know yeah there were there were parts where i was just like sitting like i was just laughing out loud full on and then there were you know somewhere they're like yeah you know uh, Mm. that's okay (laughs) part of that's just because the movie goes for it a lot too so they're like oh yeah we have to put a joke here and here and here and here which is fine so it makes sense you know they can't all be winners and one person's winner is another person's dud you know Mm -hmm. not everyone wants to think about being Dutch oven by Meredith Baxter Bernie. I'm in the pro camp, but you know, that's. <laughs> I mean, I actually can't think of any, any points in which uh, I didn't enjoy any of the jokes. So uh, I guess put me firmly in the group of uh, it was all good. Nothing cringe. I didn't like even the examples you gave. I just, none of that even like registered with me. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, when I watched this movie with my mom, she was like, that's Leslie Uggams. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, his roommate, Al, that's Leslie Uggams. And uh, so I had to look up the actress. But Yep. Where does uh, your mom know her from? Uh, I'm not sure. Possibly Roots? Oh. I did really enjoy their dynamic. Every scene with, with the two of them I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, this is like her putting together the ikea furniture and like being really dedicated to it for whatever reason like they could have easily just had her yeah, be like yeah. kind of a cranky old woman that he lives with that gives him sass but she's got these weird little characteristics too <laughs> like when he, when he says there's like 112 kilos of cocaine hidden in this house next to the cure for blindness <laughs> <laughs> i did like that, that was cool. And that it, that is when, you know, uh, to go back to the Roddy Millsap reference, uh, for those who haven't heard of Roddy Millsap, he was a blind musician. I'm trying to remember, was he kind of like adult contemporary sort of thing? I thought it was like really. country. Country? Okay. I thought, he, yeah, like, I thought he played the piano or something, but, you know, he had that uh, sunglassed look. Just those references you don't expect. Maybe because they very specifically, between Ronnie Millsap and Meredith Baxter Bernie, I'm like, okay, this is just like my childhood right here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, those are two jokes that for me just didn't land because like, I have no idea who those people are. <laughs> I guess it, maybe it's kind of like a mystery science theater effect. Yeah, they just like, they. 
with with reference type humor it's like they just throw everything at the wall and and see what sticks you know like oh man if you know ikea the names of specific ikea furniture you don't have to know the names of those specific pieces of furniture to find it funny but if you do know the specific pieces <laughs> of furniture then it's very funny yeah <laughs> Guess I'll have to ask my sister-in-law. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. This is a movie for IKEA fans. <laughs> oh man, I wish I lived closer to one. Well, an IKEA or an IKEA fan? <laughs> well, I I live infinitesimally close to an IKEA fan. That's me, as I sit at my IKEA desk. There's a lot of action in this movie too. There is, yeah. although part of me was like, I thought there was more action in this movie. Right. There there are definitely like stretches where I was like, oh, I thought action should be happening. It's not really any action here. Or even jokes. It was was almost like more like isolated to like a few larger sequences, but there wasn't that many of them, right? Like there's like the intro by the highway, which is kind of like, you know, interspersed with flashbacks. There's the big fight at the end. Yeah. I guess there's the montage of him tracking down Francis. Francis. Yeah. Francis Francis. (laughs) It's funny you say that because I literally thought that throughout the entire film. It's like, I I wish I was watching The Boss Baby. Ouch. I guess we know what uh, Tony's rating is. I mean, I don't know if you can tell by my silence, but. (laughs) I I enjoyed that during that montage. For the most part, he's uh, yelling at these henchmen, where's Francis? With the understanding that, yeah, nobody nobody knows who you're talking about there, guy, because <laughs> he goes by Ajax. <laughs> like, the only time anyone, the only person who would have had any clue was the guy who got murdered by a, with a Zamboni, where he yelled, uh, in addition to, where's Francis, he yelled something like, where's your boss? <laughs> I mean, Pee Wee might have known. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like kind of an alternate universe Pee Wee. Or like Pee Wee Four, like Francis's big day out, or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Pee Wee Four, the search for Francis. I'm just, I'm just picturing uh, Nathan for you finding Francis, but he's actually looking for Ajax, falling in love with Ed Skrine. Did you like the action sequences there were? Yeah, I did. I just kind of wished there was a bit more. It's kind of weird, like. The first time I saw this movie, I was tremendously entertained by it. And really, you know, the last few times, but for whatever reason, this time I kept, I know this isn't what I should be doing, but I kept comparing it to its sequel. And I was like, oh, wow, I think the sequel is actually better than this. Oh, really? I've got yeah, to see the sequel. Mm, so maybe that colors my viewing a little bit. So I really enjoy like the, the layer of like, jokes and fourth wall breaking and ryan reynolds charm and all that stuff that's on the slot movie but it's like below that it's a very standard sort of story right? yeah, it's, it's, your, it's, it's your standard action slash romance slash horror slash superhero film an action movie with a romance that's motivating the character for large parts of it can you name a uh, a different action romance where the the character has as stupid of a motivation as he does here. Well, but that's just part of the veneer over it, right? Like the basic structure isn't very exciting. There were a couple times where they broke the fourth wall and to address that, and 
those parts I found funny, but I for the in the broad sense I definitely agree with you. Like the time where they're like, "Oh, you should go talk to that guy. It's going to advance the plot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Or like he's trying to say, "Oh, this is a love story. Oh no, it's the revenge story or whatever." But it yeah, doesn't like I don't know that this is a major criticism I have. It's just yeah, this time watching it like the the frame stuck out to me a little more. Yeah. Not the frame, the the skeleton, I guess. If even if the movie would have admitted it a little bit more that that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely saw that this time too. It was a lot of torture. There was the strip club scene which just kind of felt like, "Oh, we're rated our movie and now we're at the strip club." It's like, "All right, sure." Well, she was working well, we there. Knew she yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, it's not like she was going to be uh candy striper down at the hospital. <laughs> right. But I mean, just talking about scenes that were like, okay, well, he goes down there and he tries to approach her and then he doesn't. And just hitting these sort of typical beats of a superhero the, the story. Bad that thing. Yeah. The bad thing happens. Yeah. Because he couldn't do it again. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it was superhero so much, though. It's just like action in general. With romance mixed in, like sort of mixed. Like I almost see what you're saying, but it's in just an extremely academic sense because it's completely irrelevant to me. Because for me, it's all about uh, the execution, and you know, like, is it well acted? You know, does it have a lot of fun jokes and cool set pieces? You know, like the guy falling off of the billboard. Well, I should say. <laughs> What's left of no. the guy falling off of the billboard? Yeah, but maybe that's sort of what I'm getting at is that you like you're focusing right now on sort of like the surface level stuff, and I agree. Like I enjoyed a lot of that, but I think like it's it's a movie that's lacking something a bit in the substance of it. I see it as a movie that wants to do that though. Like it wants to take this sort of normal story or typical story and then just throw the stuff on top of it. I think that's probably what they were going for, and. That maybe yeah maybe upon reviewing or rewatch it's just not holding up as well because of it yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's and a I, deconstruction it's got yeah. the bones of a you know and again i want to make movie. this clear that this is i'm not really criticizing it that much i'm not trying to pull a charlie walls kingsman <laughs> thing here i'm i'm just saying that as <laughs> far as job of it though i know i'm trying so i'm trying to balance that because in some ways this is this movie feels to me like candy. It's really enjoyable while it lasts and, you know, it's a lot of fun, but th- there's something a little bit lacking. You can't really fill yourself up on it without feeling sick. Paul, Paul, I need you to help me. I need you to help back me up here as someone who agreed earlier that Sour Patch Kids count as a staple food. <laughs> he's, well, he's denigrating I mean, the movie. You can live and on he's candy. Denigrating for, candy. You can live on candy for an entire pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> can be done. So let's all talk about a scene that we haven't talked about yet that we enjoyed or found something worthwhile in. I know it's hard. Like I haven't really thought about like scenes. It's like, oh, I really like that joke. Right. Or, you know. I feel the movie really is liked a bad it series when he of jokes. Blade Two, that was a good reference. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I actually really enjoyed uh, the part where the almost final battle, and the one girl comes up and basically owns the the silver. Is that Colossus? Yeah, just owns them, and Deadpool is like, "Oh, 
uh, well, that's why I brought her. (laughs) 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 And you're just like, oh, something big's going to happen. I I actually, I really enjoyed that scene. Another visual gag that I, the first time I noticed was that Colossus, when he vomited, it just looked like mercury coming out of his mouth. Yeah. It's <laughs> like liquid metal. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I thought about Paul and his BMs. <laughs> what? <laughs> just the, just like the gross amounts of Metamucil that he intakes. <laughs> I, I assume looks like. <laughs> yeah, it's Metamucil mixed with uh, ball bearings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam knows what I'm talking it's, about. It's a my strange addiction now. <laughs> Adam, Adam knows what I'm talking about when Paul left his Metamucil on the counter for uh, hours. Uh, <laughs> just turned into like a goo. Yeah. <laughs> it's a jello. What's so and wrong? He, Some grainy. And then I think, I think you tried to t- like eat it. Yeah, you can. It's tough, though. Like You don't really want to do that. <laughs> I also like how... Uh, it was talk about a scene that you liked, and it just for me devolved into Paul. <laughs> I like that scene where Paul talks about his BM. <laughs> uh, it's a little difficult, I think, to point to a scene really and say that's a great scene because it's just full of little moments like that. Like it's, it feels weird to single one particular moment out. So I will just say that I really enjoyed just the whole character of Negasonic Teenage Warhead and her relationship with Deadpool throughout the film. I really enjoyed that whole interaction. There's some good moments from that. I like that a guy got decapitated by a motorcycle chain. That was that was wicked cool. <laughs> oh, wait, was that at the beginning or towards the yeah, beginning? Yeah, when when they when they conclude the scene that's set up during the credits. It's one of those blink and you might miss it things, but a dude totally gets decapitated by the, the chain on the motorcycle. Yeah, I, I remember that, actually. That was pretty great. I really like the opening credits, how they mock movies. So I read that that was apparently essentially a placeholder that uh, were good enough that uh, the, I don't know who it would be, the editor, the director, just said, oh, well, we'll just keep it as it is. But the visual effects people put those in as a joke. Well, in any event, I really enjoyed them. I thought that was a great way of sort of puncturing the pomposity. You get a lot of times and pointing out things like, oh, the the villain's British, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. I really enjoyed the end credit scene, which is obviously the Ferris Bueller reference. But I there's no way I would have known the first time around when he starts talking about cable. That that actually was going to happen in the second movie. That there even was going to be a second movie. And I was like, oh, yeah. He totally just does tell us what's going to (laughs) happen. Remember the reaction at the time? A lot of people were like, Cable? I mean, it makes sense because he's with Deadpool, but that's a really complicated character. (laughs) Yeah. Cable's got probably my favorite origin story slash backstory of any comic book character because it's possibly the most say it with me charlie convoluted <laughs> backstory of any character look which of course for the, is fine which it's for the convolution that's vile <laughs> i don't i don't 
I don't understand why that would be vile, but okay. Don't play dumb. You know. Everyone listening knows. Wait. Is it, is it spherical deconvolution that you have a problem with in particular? It's all deconvolution. So not just the spherical kind? Oh, any kind. It's gross. Hmm. Mm. It's immoral. <laughs> uh, um, I still haven't figured figured this one out from all, all the way from the very beginning. <laughs> Where was that? Where was I? Something was convoluted. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly why in the sequel, they make Cable's backstory way, way, way simplified. Tony, did you like this movie at all? Or was it too gory? It wasn't that it was like gory. I just like I thought it was funny and I thought it was entertaining. It was just tough for me to like follow, I guess. I don't know. Like I didn't I didn't understand what the movie was trying to be. Was it trying to be like funny? Was it like serious like it just it seemed like and I, and it was just like breaking the fourth wall like so much it just got old so like yeah the, the humor didn't really land with you i mean it did but it was just like the same thing over and over and over again i was just like what's going on it was it was staying true to the comics and see and, I, and i'm not a comic boy so I, that means nothing to me to me, that's not, and that's not, I mean, that, I, I thought it was an entertaining I, film. So what was something you liked that we haven't talked about? I liked when uh, the one X-Men lady girl beat the shit out of uh, the other girl. <laughs> 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 I also like that there was a, a, a gambling ring on who would die first. I really like the gambling. this gives tony an idea (laughs) i like that it was a dead pool (laughs) not a death pool a dead pool yeah oh yeah it was a a death pool you're right (laughs) (laughs) captain deadpool i actually did laugh at that This, for some reason, I really liked the scene where, you know, I, I loved how he got, like, all the guns in the house, like, put them in a duffel bag, and then he left them in the taxi. Like, that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. So that was partly because right before filming started, they got their budget slashed by, like, $7 million, and so they had to cut set pieces, and so they had a gunfight at the end that they cut out, and <laughs> that was how they justified it. <laughs> Didn't even reference like look, I, I always I also like how they he references the budget in a joke at some point. Oh, like how they could only pay for two X Men or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Adam, you were saying like whether or not I I liked the film. I also think this film may have been talked up a little bit for me. Oh yeah, I mean, not everything can be Minority Report. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, not only Ms. Huff, but like uh, one of my friends, like this is his favorite film and for a long long time like like he dressed up as deadpool he pretended to be him one time uh wait <laughs> dressed up nobody, also no, nobody asked not nobody dressed asked up. for the follow-up no <laughs> no <laughs> there's no that. way that it's better than your imagination <laughs> no way <laughs> So, so for me, it was just kind of like, oh, this is this is Deadpool. All right. <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to go tell them that you're not his friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll get right on. I was actually, I texted. Him, I was like, this is stupid. I thought you were cool, man. <laughs> I thought you were cool. <laughs> 
I got drunk for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a pegging scene, sure, but <laughs> it was an awkward pegging scene. Yeah, I mean, they were experimenting. And it was International Women's Day. So, he said I mean, no. And then, you know, and then I just assume. I assumed that after that, the no was said that there was no other pegging. That was it. They were, yeah, that was <laughs> it. The there course was, of the relationship. You know, I guess they couldn't really do like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know why they didn't just go for it and be like, okay, Deadpool loves pegging. Like, <laughs> because it was anti- first try you know it was, it was unrealistically easy on the first try and he loves it forever <laughs> <laughs> well you wouldn't want to give people unrealistic expectations would you that is true you do you you, you do want it to to have a little bit of realism there and maybe there's a deleted scene or the director's cut yeah it's like a Team America World Police style deleted scenes where the, <laughs> the fluids get involved. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, I am glad that it, it, that he struggled during the pegging scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, but you, you're right. Though. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Uh, I'm really thinking about that scene. <laughs> really reconsidering. So, uh, moving on. Film. <laughs> Moving on, um, I just really enjoyed the on-screen chemistry between Ryan Reynolds and T.J. Miller. Like, just yeah. pretty much yeah. every scene with the two of them together, or honestly, just every scene with T.J. Miller was just great. Yeah, like we already mentioned it, but the joke about uh, you know uh, midnight showing of Blade Two was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because. I like that he went with Blade 2. Like, let's not talk about Blade 3. <laughs> <laughs> the original Blade is too good of a movie, I presume. Yeah, actually, it's a little surprising they didn't keep the meta going with a Blade Trinity joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it took me a bit to remember that he, Ryan Reynolds was in Blade Trinity. I like to think the joke originally was Blade Trinity, and Ryan Reynolds was like, hey... <laughs> I allow lots of stuff, but you don't disrespect Blade Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, maybe, sure, whatever. <laughs> What's uh, in the comics? Was there something specifically with Deadpool hating Wolverine, or is that made up for this franchise? Uh, I mean, they have interactions because of the Weapon X program and stuff, right? Yeah. No, right. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Like, I don't think they like each other, but they're. I assume part of that was just a way to sort of put Hugh Jackman in the movie, since he's been <laughs> right. in every other X Men movie. <laughs> Wait, hold on. He he wasn't in this movie though, was he? Like he well, just space. They, they, they oh right. Okay. When he's wearing the Hugh Jackman mask at the end. And the oh, magazine okay. cover, yeah. Oh yeah, and the magazine. Yeah, he also is on the magazine cover, right? And Ryan Reynolds on a magazine cover. Yeah. Oh. And Deadpool turns into an Australian at one point when he's making fun of, when he's mocking him. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, see, that part there was the main Wolverine reference that I was thinking of. So, yeah, I forgot about the magazine <laughs> with the staple in his face. I think you're right, Adam, in that uh, it's kind of hard to, it's like mostly just discussing jokes. <laughs> Like yeah. uh, you remember that time when uh, Deadpool <laughs> said this? 
Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it's like we need Shanana Deadpools uh, just a bit. <laughs> Were you doing the Chris Farley show there, Paul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if I had, if I hosted a podcast of my very own, that's basically what it would be. Is it Ryan Reynolds on? You remember when you uh, you did this? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Remember when he stabbed so, that guy with two swords? <laughs> so ultimately, what'd you think of Deadpool? Would you uh, would you subject it to experiments to uh, activate its latent mutant abilities, or would you leave it to die of cancer? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't expecting I mean, that. Based on what happens in the movie, like neither is like really that great. <laughs> Well, look, I guess I'm asking how many Ikea brand Kulin dressers out of 10 would you give this movie? Nice. So, yeah, I'm a little worried while talking in this podcast that I might have given the wrong impression that I don't really like this movie, but I do enjoy this movie quite a bit. I think the jokes generally land. I really like how Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool, and I also just like that he looks like comic book Deadpool for the most part instead of whatever the hell is happening, x So I appreciate that. A lot of the interplay is great. Yeah, the one thing that I just doesn't quite engage me fully is just, yeah, the under, as I was saying, the underlying structure of the, of the whole movie is, it seems a bit safe. It doesn't feel like it's really taking any risks. And maybe that's because it's the surface layer stuff is where the risk taking is happening. And so they're using the structure of it to anchor it. I understand that. But that does mean that this movie doesn't end up being perfect. Uh, it is very good at what it does. So I think what ultimately what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this eight Kulin dressers out of ten. That put that puts in line with things for me like um, Iron Man two and the Wolverine, and that feels about right. Like it doesn't quite make it up to the nine areas, but it's definitely better than probably the majority of the movies that I've, we've seen so far. So eight dressers out of ten. Oh, and uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is great. Two thumbs up. So, yeah, just uh, a second what Adam said. Hopefully it doesn't sound like I disliked the movie because I actually liked it a lot, too. Yeah, I appreciated the fact that it took that origin story and kind of split that up and put action sequences in between. So it's kind of not to bore you because, yeah, I don't think it's taking a lot of risks in that regard. But I don't think that necessarily they were in, intending to do it, at least as far as the story structure. And... I guess on rewatching though, I didn't quite find it as funny, and I think some of that was the theater experience because that's the last time I saw it. It, I think, having other people around you and watching it kind of added to it quite a bit. Oh yeah, I'll, I specifically remember the opening credits with all the fake credits coming on, getting huge reactions from the theatrical audience that I was sharing. Yeah, because I think everyone felt like, oh, we're seeing something we haven't really seen before in this superhero space. And then yeah, now yeah. having seen the second movie and then coming back and rewatching this, it's just not quite as impactful. But still, I'm going to agree with Adam. I'm going to give this eight Kulin dressers out of ten. I'm just worried that my score is going to be the exact same and it's going to be like too too much of a theme. Oh, I, I <laughs> So do you want to be the first to break the chain or not? I guess that's the question. Oh, oh, I, I need someone else to break the chain so I can give it an eight. Oh, I, I, can, I can break the chain. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I'm kind of like Adam where I don't want to give the impression that I didn't enjoy the film because I, I'm glad that I watched it. 
And it was definitely entertaining, definitely funny, had a lot of good action moments. And so those are all things that I really enjoy in a film. I just feel like it was lacking just something additional and it's kind of hard and maybe it's just like the mood that i'm in i don't know um and i and i think that if i were watching it with other people i think it would be more enjoyable so um i i kind of wish i watched this in the film or in the uh in the theaters uh i'm gonna give this one uh 6.5 it wasn't as enjoyable as some of the avengers films for me so that's kind of why i'm i'm going toward that uh that area so That's what I felt better than kick ass. Oh God. <laughs> you gotta go. Sorry. You, gotta, you gotta revise. I gotta revise kick ass. <laughs> You're within your rights to do so. If you want. Yeah. I, so that's funny. So I did not look at my scores before. <laughs> and usually I do. All right. I'm going to revise this one to seven. We'll, we'll give it a full seven. What did I give kick ass? Six. Oh my gosh, how did I do that? Because <laughs> it's a good movie. Because <laughs> uh, you were more right okay. then. <laughs> it's Kick-Ass 2 that was hot garbage. <laughs> what did I give Kick-Ass 2? Two? 2. 2. Oh, okay. No, 6.5. I'll, I'll stay with 6.5. <laughs> For one moment, it was as good as Thor The Dark World, and then slid back down. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I like Thor: The Dark World, so yeah. that is, that is correct for me. So right. sounds like the sweet spot. Yeah. So yeah, I I liked this movie quite a bit. It's funny throughout. You know, it's got good good action, good comic violence. Yeah. So the action sequences were good. The uh, there's a lot of just great one-off jokes. Good dynamic between Deadpool and a, and a lot of the side characters. And just a lot of great, you know, I love good fourth wall breaking humor and referential humor. So, you know, it it didn't hit every time with me. You know, sometimes I'm like uh, that some of the jokes I just thought weren't quite as funny as others. But it mostly did its job making me laugh. So I'm going to give it also eight Ikea Cool and normal desks out of 10. Cool and dressers, wasn't it? Cool and dressers, yes. I mean, you know, it's like a, you know, like a standing desk uh, where you're writing at chest height. <laughs> I give it eight. I give it eight cool and dressers out of 10. So this movie is a worthy addition to the dumb guy canon. Pretty much all around excellent. I can grudgingly accept the uh, critique of my uh, fellow movie watchers that maybe the underlying structure of it is uh, uh, not innovative. So I guess I will have to mark it down a bit for that. I I agree. Uh, No, no, I, I do. I do. I do. And so I'm going to give this nine and a half Kulin dressers from Ikea. The half is uh, the one that a blind L put together that fell apart. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on our 52nd installment of the Mary Marvel movie March. Uh, We hope you come back for installment 53, which is going to kick off 2021's Mary Marvel movie March madness. That is the May 2016 movie, Captain America civil war. So 
Hope you listen to us for that. And also for our very special post Valentine's day podcast coming right after this. I assume that's going to be the topic. What else could we possibly talk about in any event? Uh, I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our three mm, regenerating guests. guests. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to go with the mm, Mary Marvel movie. <laughs> Our, mm, you're yes. trying to think of how do I not say dead. I <laughs> <laughs> really didn't like it when I called him dead. <laughs> Our three gone mm, with pool boy guests. guests. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Gobeski. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just a little surprised you didn't work X meow into there one more time. <laughs> but it was fun. Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. And Tony Huff. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Make sure to check out GobeskiWallsReport.com. We've got lots of exciting opportunities for you to entertain yourself there. Oh, I thought you were talking about job opportunities. The job opportunities we have don't pay, so they're really more of unpaid internships. And you can follow us on Twitter, at GW Report, and you can like us on Facebook. So if you're looking for an internship, talk to Charlie. An unpaid internship that gives no letter of recommendation. Just the satisfaction of a job well done. But you can stay at Charlie's house. Um... All right. I don't think that was inappropriate, though. Okay. Adam, did you think that was inappropriate? Um, what? <laughs> well, it was about sea shanties, so I'm sure he was going to say it was inappropriate. Yeah. It was more appropriate than deconvolution. So. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> just straight up tell me what's happening. Paul. No. Paul. Paul. Deconvolution is the inverse to convolution. Exactly. <laughs> so there's nothing there. Oh, there. Oh, there's something there, and I and I agree with Adam. Okay, thank so, you, Tony. You're welcome, Adam. All right. <laughs> I just I'm feeling a little gaslighted. I'm, I mean, I'm I would take it now. back if I could, but just tell me, <laughs> just tell me that there's nothing to the joke. Oh, there's something to the joke, Paul. I'm what gonna eat joke, right Paul? now and not rate what this movie. Are you don't you <laughs> Paul, as someone who has sat through multiple presentations where deconvolution came up, I can tell you that there's nothing to the joke. <laughs> he's, he's just trying to have a laugh on us. It's not All a right. joke. It's a very serious matter. Yep. All right, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> You're not <laughs> listening to me. <laughs> No, Whoa. Paul, it's not. It's not a. It's not a joke. I'm wake. I'm waking up my goddamn papers. <laughs> I can't wait till they come Make over and just go. Shot. Paul, are you talking about deconvolution again? I'm not, I'm not are you using the D word? <laughs> the D word. Breathe. <laughs> wait, who are you mad at, Paul? Me? Everyone, I think. I'm mad at all you guys. <laughs> What did I do? Doug, you're the only good one. (laughs) Wait, Doug's the only good one? Yeah, because he explained to me that there's nothing to the joke. Oh. I was just having a goof. Yeah, I I know. And it was funny for a while, and I I just never got it. I don't know. (laughs) Until you got confused. Yeah, until I legit got actual confused. (laughs) Maybe it's a sign of dementia or something.